0: Good morning and welcome, welcome, welcome. Isn't it great to be here? I want to welcome each and every person who's watching us online, wherever you are, whichever part of the world. I know my mom's joining from Kenya, so we give God praise. We want to thank God for all of you. Those of you in Cambridge, missing you guys, you're doing a great job, love, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy having a wonderful time. Lester, Josh, yo, you're doing a good job, you're great, and we give God Praise. Could we appreciate each and every person that's sitting in here in Peterborough? We want to thank God for His goodness, for His mercy, for His grace, and what He's doing in our lives. Hallelujah. As you had, my name is Charles, and I love, I'm passionate about what God is doing, passionate about what He has in store for us. This series, Does God Care? has not been an intellectual exercise that you're coming here and you're getting some notes and getting to know what God does. No, it's about an impartation of your faith. It is the heart of the leadership that whenever you hear anyone speaking here, what you're about to hear is an impartation of faith into your life. So when we looked at does God care about you, it was an impartation for you to receive and to know what your purpose is all about. It's about extending the kingdom of God. It's about knowing that your assignment is about extending the kingdom of God. When you heard about the fact that does God care about the environment, it's for you to know your place that you know what, the world may say this, this is what it is, but when God said let there be and he said it was good, it is still good and we have a responsibility to make sure the world is good. Last week, Annabelle, shaman, stood here and spoke about rest, The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter two, verse two, and it reads, and on the seventh day, God finished work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. As Annabelle challenged us about rest, you might have been wondering, why did you come to rest, and yet God first walked before he rested? Have you ever thought about the fact that after God rested the following day, Adam and Eve had to work? Have you ever thought about the fact that when Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished, we walk from a place of rest. So when Annabelle came here it was to introduce you to the fact God needs you to walk from a place where you know that you are resting in him at all times. Bible is so clear that it, work is important to God as well as rest. And today, as we look at the question, does God care about work? I'm not here to tell you, no, he doesn't. I'm here to convince you and to tell you that God cares about work. Is it not strange that today is a day here in the United Kingdom, we've had our clocks going back. So we had an extra hour and I said, wow, God, I give you praise that I am here to speak on a day that you are telling us that if man could arrange for clocks to go back, how much more God who is able to step back into your time and restore whatever you have lost. You may be here and you're wondering, but Charles, I've been listening to this series. Does God care? Does God care about my circumstances, my environment right now? I don't even want to hear about it. My bills are piling. Everything about me is not going the way I want it to go. But I have a word that God's been encouraging me this week. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not be envious of the evil who prosper. Wait. Be patient. Your time's coming. Stop looking at everybody else in the other lane and seeing how far they're going. Stick to your lane. You're soon gonna be passing everyone else and we're all going to be remembering and saying, do you remember when they were going through the tough times? Look what God is doing. If you're ready for a time of testimony, it's coming because God cares about you. Somebody say hallelujah. <clears throat> God rested after he had worked for six days tells me that not only is rest important, but work is important to God. Genesis chapter two, verse 15 reads, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. The New Living Translation puts it this way, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. You might be here and you're wondering, work? I'm not paid. I'm a stay-at-home parent. Charles, work? I'm retired. I'm enjoying my pension. I've got news for you. Work is not a HR contract. That's no work. Work is not defined by the role that somebody comes and says, welcome to being the director. Welcome to being the one who flips the buggers. Welcome to being a carer. No. Work is not the being the business owner. Work for us is about creating value. So you're a stay-at-home parent, and you are busy waking up at home early in the morning, making breakfast for everybody, and then when it's time, you drop the children in school, and you say bye, and have some time, spend some time with the, with the moms and dads who are there, and just catch up and just have some small talk, and then you get into the car, and you go back home, you get the laundry done, you get everything prepped, and then when it's time to go pick the children, you go pick them up, and everybody comes and finds teas, radio, dinner, whatever meal you're going to call it, everything is ready for them. Maybe you're retired and you're saying, but Charles, hmm, I spend my time now just walking around, seeing people, encouraging people. I come to church sometimes, I come and see the pastors, I come and see who's working and I just offer them some counsel. You are creating value. You are creating value. You're not just a stay-at-home parent, you're not just somebody retired. No, your counsel is valuable to us. God cares for work so much that first let me introduce myself because a number of you here don't really know me. I joined Kingsgate a few years ago after my wife and I got married. I needed to move from London and came into, we were looking for church and stumbled on Kingsgate. Went to my wife, told me, come, I've been to their prayer meeting in the morning. And she knew I loved prayer. Walked into the prayer meeting and, and found the pastors in Cambridge, everybody and leaders and many other members were in there praying. I said, this is a good place. After the service, I told my wife, let's not go looking around. I think this is where we're going to settle. I was jobless when I was coming into Kingsgate. My wife was establishing her business in public health. And I was hungry to see God. I knew God had something grateful. Me, I have purposed in my heart, I will not be a prayer item. I will be one who prays and is committed to the cause. So even before Kingsgate knew, I had already set up a standing order for my tithe. In a short time in 2018, got a job in cybersecurity as you've had, and God has been good. My wife's business is also flourishing, and we are seeing the grace of God. We are seeing God do great things for us. We are seeing Him move like never before. Why does God care about work? Number one, God worked. God is a working God. God is a walking God. The Bible says that in the beginning, in Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created value. We see God working, creating the moon, the sun. We see him be creating the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. We see him starting humanity. God said, let there be. And then the Bible continues to say, continuously in Genesis chapter 1, he said, let there be. And then he made. God is a working God. He's not lazy. We see God in Genesis chapter 2 verse 8, that he Planted a garden in Eden, and there he placed man that he had made. It is my prayer that you will be placed where God has made for you. Jesus, the Son of God, also walked in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We saw a conversation where the Father let us make man. In Mark chapter six, verse three, Jesus now is on earth to redeem man. And the Bible says in Mark chapter six, verse three, is this not the carpenter's son? They asked in other versions, but in Mark chapter six, it says, is this not the carpenter? It was expected that a father and a son were doing the same trade. So Jesus just wasn't waiting to arrive so that he could save the world and do miracles. Before that period of time, he worked. God is still working in and through us today. God is still at work. Paul writing to the Philippians, in Philippians chapter one, he said, and I am certain that God who began a good work in you, God who began a good work in you, is faithful to complete it. He will continue his work until it is finally finished. That tells me that God's not giving up on me. No matter what the cost of living, Christ is saying, God is still at work in me. He who began a good work in me is faithful. Number two, we walk in obedience to God. In Genesis two verse 15, the Bible is clear, he said, and the garden. He gave an instruction. So we don't work because we have bills to pay. We are not motivated to work because of how big the complex is. We, don't, we are not motivated to be because we want to get a Bugatti and a Versace and this. No, we are motivated to work because we want to obey God. Work is the place of obedient servitude to God. We see Adam working. And naming everything. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 19. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field. And every bird of the heavens. And brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature that was his name let me just pose there and tell you you step into that office the first time whether you're going to step in and maybe you or your business or whatever you're doing be careful what you name whoever is in that place be careful what you name because heaven is hearing so if the stories you're taking back home to your spouse is that there's this person who you're calling the devil no wonder the devil is roaming in your business business business. Ouch. Because God is paying attention. Whatever Adam said, it was so. We see God watching over Adam. God is watching over you in your place of work to see what are you calling. I wake up every morning, my God. I wake up every day as I prepare myself. Before I sit, I work mainly at home now because from the pandemic. Before I take a seat, I make declarations. I am accountable. I am able. I am breaking through. I am a believer at work. I believe God, I am Christ-like in my talk, in my emails, in my everything, everything. I am diligent, I am efficient, I have a spirit of excellence, I am flourishing. Why, because God is paying attention to what I'm saying about my work. Be careful of quiet quitting, which is a new phenomenon that has come with the pandemic. Now people just want to do the bare minimum be careful somebody sends you an email your manager sends you an email at 4.15 and you look and you think hmm This is going to be going past five o'clock, so you're already disappearing. In fact, somehow you're picking up a laptop, you're picking up everything and saying it's not working, and you're giving every excuse so that it can be completed tomorrow, whereas before everything else, if the boss came walking to you at 4.15 and said, we need this done, you'd have stayed in the office until 10 o'clock, but now you've quit quietly. You're doing the bare minimum, nine to five, not that it's wrong, but you can't go the extra mile. Jesus said, if somebody asks you to go one, let's go another one. I'm not saying that we don't have work-life balance. It's important. But be careful if you are consistently doing the bare minimum. Paul put it this way, work hard and cheerfully at all you do. Work hard and cheerfully at all you do. Just as though you are working for the Lord. That tells me it's not just if you are employed to work here in Kingsgate that you're working for the Lord. Even me where I am working, I am working for God. He's the ultimate employer. You may have a one-to-one with your boss, but you're daily having a one-to-one with God who's looking to see how you're working. Charles Spurgeon says this, lazy people always find fault with their tools. And those who do not intend to work always find some excuse. Those people are not here. That's a good place for you to say amen. <laughs> It is obedience that releases the blessings of God. We love quoting Deuteronomy 28, and we announce that we are blessed by hands, are blessed by stores, blessed. No, 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 no. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2 says so clearly, clearly, if you will diligently obey the commands of God. That includes tithes. Let me drop finances because that's coming. Then you're going to relationships, that's also coming. Be obedient to God, what God has given you. Be obedient, don't be like Adam and Eve who failed to guard the garden. What conversations are you having? What situations are you facing at work? What circumstances are going on? And you have let your guard drop. God treasure what God has given you because it's in obedience. Now you might say but Charles I've got somebody in the office who's really rattling everything about me and I've got news for you. Did God give that job to you? Then it's your responsibility to look and see how did God deal with darkness? He spoke and said let there be light. So it's your mouth God is waiting for you to speak into that circumstance. It's God waiting for you to speak his word of light. We have a calling to obey. Can I ask a question? How many of you here are in full-time ministry? Show me your hands. Excellent. But that's sad, and I'll tell you why. Because we have long perceived that full-time ministry is Pastors Dave, Karen, and all the pastors, uh, all the pastors and leadership who work in church. God, the Bible says, he has called you to be an ambassador of Christ if God has called you and appointed you to be an ambassador of Christ, you are in his full-time ministry. Second, some, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and I'll read it very quickly. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we, are ambassadors for Christ. You have been appointed by God. How many of us are in full-time ministry? (laughs) Exactly. It's not just Pastor Dave, Pastor Karen, it's not. You and I, your Monday to Friday is full-time ministry. Your business is full-time ministry. Thirdly, work is worship. The word that is used when God said tend, the original word there, it means to work, to worship. So your motivation for work is that it is an altar of worship to God. It's not about worshiping you and your role and your big, heavy title that requires us to carry it because of the bigness that God has made you. Our work is worship. I don't mean take the band and get the band to come and start singing songs in work. No, when you're working, it is worship to God. The same way giving is worship to God. Work is worship to God. So when you step into work, you're creating an altar of worship to him. If you would love, I would love everybody to read this book was introduced to this last few weeks ago and I've been saying, wow, if you can even go to the website God at Work by Ken Costa. He says your workstation is your worship station. So when you sit to work, it's an offering to God. Daily live your life as an offering to God. Let this include every activity. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And I want to read it for you from the message translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do to him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants you from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you. Always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. God wants you to understand your work, your business, your idea, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you are retired, whatever the world has labeled you, it is to be worshipped. Work is worship when our actions are done in pure devotion to God. We are living in a day and age in which honesty and integrity is lacking in so many places. Solomon said God hates cheating in the marketplace. Rigged scales and outrage. The Lord lords all cheating and dishonesty. The Passion Translation puts it this way, the Lord hates double standards. Do you only greet those who look like you, work like you, talk like you? When you're at work, are you the one who indeed everybody's is <sighs> No, I can't relate to them. That's hypocrisy. I wanna share with you a testimony from a member in Cambridge, Rebecca. She received a test, a prophecy in late 2016 from one of the ladies on the prayer team after Sunday service. She had just started her first job and wanted God's covering and guidance as she navigated the role. She had a vision of a surface which was mostly filled in except for an empty space. She saw her coloring that area and said, you, Rebecca, would make a discovery. Rebecca was put on a project to engineer a gene edit using a viral method. The team had tried many times and failed. Somehow it wasn't working. One night, Rebecca went for Touching Heaven. She was asked, We were all asked, commit the situations we're facing to God and would receive an answer that night. That night as Rebecca slept, she had a dream that gave her the answer to everything. She started her project from that place and guess what? The solution was found. God wants you to take him to work. We will respond to God's call now. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You may be here and you do not know Jesus. If you would like Jesus to come into your life, kindly put up your hand Jesus. Hallelujah. While I was praying, I felt God wants to go to work with us. Jesus wants to go to work with us. And I don't know about you, I need Jesus at work. If you are here and you agree with me that you want to take Jesus to work, may I ask that you stand up on your feet and kindly stretch your hands out, giving them to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I'm giving my work. I'm giving my business. I'm giving my everything to you. Take it. I'm giving my ministry to you. Take everything. Father, as we stand before you, your word declares. Your word declares that you are our son and shield. You give grace and glory. No good thing will you withhold from them that walk uprightly. So Father, right now as we stand into your, in your presence, we call on you and declare that from today you are our son, giving us light, warmth in our work, in our businesses, in our ministry. In our everyday, in homes, whatever we are doing as we create value. We call on you and we declare that you are our son. You are our shield. Protecting us, holding us we declare your word that you give us grace and so right now as our hands are stretched out we receive grace for excellence grace to go through grace to become all you've ordained for us to become grace to perform at excellence grace to possess the mountains grace to be kings at every gate that you've called us to be Father, we know promotion does not come from the east to the west. And so, Father, we come before you knowing that you give glory. So, Father, we say thank you that businesses begin to flourish, that careers that have stagnated are beginning to rise. You begin to go to your next level. We make the choice to be the standard, to be upright. No good thing will you withhold in Jesus' mighty name. Can I hear a loud amen? Hallelujah.